Boom shakalaka. Ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks, legendary peeps, lovers and children around the world, welcome to the Crucial Journey Podcast. And I have here with me a very, I can't even say how special this guest is. It is ridiculous, man, how much we have in common. Like, uh, okay, to begin with, to begin with, this guy is an Aquarian. Obviously, the coolest star sign in the world because it's fine. I'm not true. But it is a pretty cool star sign. In addition to that, we're both, we both have the same kind of dietary uh, you know, habits of both vegans. Uh, you have the same bedsheet as me. How crazy is that? I wish you guys could see the bedsheet I have. Unfortunately, we're going to stick to an audio podcast today because I had a bit of trouble with the, uh, with the video and whatnot. But, I mean, it, the list goes on and on. You're into martial arts. You're a, you're a motivational speaker. And, brother, you're a chocolate soul brother. <laughs> So um, it is very cool to have uh, a guy with so many commonalities uh, like mine. And uh, yo, Ron, 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 how you doing, brother? Excellent, brother. Could not be better. Now that I'm here, I could not be better. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Well, before we get straight into this thing, I just want to. Um, I mean, one one thing I started doing with my podcast is I'm kind of intertwined it with my my music as well. So I like just to keep people up to date on what's going down. So, ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first time listening to the Crucial Journey podcast, it is generally a podcast about consciousness, personal development, and everything to do with uplifting the state of our of our being. But Today it's um it is going to be on on that, but I also want to make this uh, a little fused more with my music to talk about what I have going in the world of uh, my singing and dancing. Obviously, recently came off the voice, so I've been focusing more on that side of things. And uh, yeah, for the next uh, few weeks, I'm going to be doing a lot of gigs. I'm looking at heading off to the Gold Coast, Sydney, doing a few uh, East Coast uh, gigs. And uh, I have a single coming out, most likely in January. And I'm very proud to say that I collaborated with this amazing hip hop artist called Robert. Well, actually, he's called Hugo Ferrant, but a lot of people know him as uh, Robert Foster. He does this amazing uh, well, series called Rappings on the internet. It's, I highly recommend people check this out. But uh, yeah, a lot of things coming up at the moment. So ladies and gentlemen, be sure to stay tuned to my fan page, which is where I'll be sharing this podcast now. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, um, I'm going to get straight into it. We've got a lot to cover. I'm going to try to keep this uh, you know, under an hour. I like to keep things nice and tight here at the Christian Journey Podcast. So yeah, without further ado, let's get ready to rock. Boom shakalaka. Now you put water into a cup. It becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle. It becomes the bottle. You put in a teapot. It becomes the teapot. Boom. Here we are. Ron, my brother. How you feeling, brother? Excellent. Could not be better. It is good to see you. Because, you know, the last time I spoke to you on the phone, I know you just come back from Fiji and you're feeling a little down, which is not very common for you because you're like, first of all, you're full of like energy, you're full of gratitude. Every time I see you, man, you're, you're, you're talking about all the positive stuff and you were telling me about how, well, it's kind of good because you were so in love with Fiji that it was such a downer coming back to Melbourne. I mean, do you want to tell us about what happened in Fiji? Oh, uh, yeah. I went with three very close friends and Fiji is the country of my ancestry. That's where my family's from. So going there, connecting with my roots, it was a very spiritual experience. It wasn't just that, you know, you go to a tropical island and you just have fun. There wasn't, I was more than that. It was just like connecting with my culture, my heritage and yeah, I just didn't feel like coming back. And then you come to Melbourne, you know, you got three seasons in a day. I mean, we are in, what, mm. today's the 13th day of summer and, you know, we're still having single digit temperatures in the morning. So I'm all good though. Like you said before, Chris, the world is your home. So I got to start broadening my horizons and start seeing things that way. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I do feel where you're coming from though. Obviously with you, it's a, it's a little different. I mean, that's probably one difference we had. You spent most of your childhood in Fiji. Oh, in, in Australia. 
oh, well, there you... I, it's, I guess it's a little... Well, I don't know. Maybe the fact that you spend so much time away from your motherland means that you're more attached to your motherland now. But Probably. With, yeah, with me, I left when I was four. And to be honest, I mean, I keep saying to you that my, my um, country is the world yes. and my religion is to do good. I feel as if I don't have a home as such. My base, wow. I mean, yes, I'm from Ghana. And yes, Melbourne is my hometown. But I feel as if you can... I'm not going to say you can put me anywhere and I'll thrive because if you put me in the in some kind of crazy third world country, you know, without my iPhone, I'd be like, oh, you. But what I mean is um, I, I never like pledge allegiance to any country as such. And I think it's all about broadening your horizons and being as open to new experiences as you, as you possibly can be, which I know is a big part of your, your ethos. I totally agree. I mean, it's more like making a positive contribution to wherever you are and uh how you connect with that country so you know i came to australia when i was a kid and i've had a very strong connection with the aboriginal people and mm -hmm. as we spoke before i've been involved in the aboriginal community for more than four years now i've done lots of work with the aboriginal koori court and my goal is to empower young aboriginal people give them some form of direction in life so that they don't end up in a way which is very not so productive for their family yeah I noticed you're interested in a lot of that um, activism stuff. I mean, I know I didn't give you a proper introduction here, but look, Ron is is versed in so many things, it's crazy. I mean, for starters, uh, you're a Bully Zero ambassador, ambassador, ambassador. Uh, you're, you're an author, you're a motivational speaker, you're an MC, you're, you're, you're a fitness coach, you're, you're, and the list just goes on and on and on. But would you say that your main focus is, I would say, activism, like anything to do with the bettering the state of people in the world? Exactly, Chris. Uh, I think it was about a week ago when we last spoke on the phone and you asked me, so what's the purpose of your life? And I said, I've got two purposes, to empower people and save animals, because that's, that's how you and I met through the it animal is. activist or the vegan movement. Absolutely. So yeah, to empower people, being an activist is what I focus on the most. All right. So why, why is that so important to you? Like, I, I'm asking you this because I want you to, uh, to open, I want to, I want to kind of like segue into this, which, cause this is a very big issue to us. And I know it's a very controversial issue cause basically, uh, I mean, when you, when we're talking about what we eat, I think it's a very personal thing. I mean, what is more sacred than what you actually put into yourself? And to me, I think uh, obviously the activism, um, the whole vegan attitude is a, is a very important one when it comes to bettering the state of our world because it's not just about human beings, right? It's about the animals. I mean, how did you get involved in the, the vegan movement or how did you get involved in well, changing your this diet? Thing. Okay, when I was 17 years old, I was walking on Swanston Street and if you're not in Melbourne, Swanston Street's the busiest street in Melbourne City. Mm -hmm. and. PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, did a protest or a demo outside a fast food chain. Now, I'm not going to give you the name of this fast food chain. Let's just say the initials were KFC, right? Okay. And uh, I walked past it and PETA had placed two or three dead battery farm chickens on the floor and they were to my left. And I was a 17-year-old kid walking past and I see them. And the chicken towards my right, his or her eyes were half open. And I looked into the eyes of that animal and I thought, you know what? Was that thing alive? No, it was dead. Okay. And I thought to myself, you know what? People are putting that into their bodies. You know, that's another soul. Every life is precious. So I came home and I told my parents, I'm going to stop eating meat. This is when I was 17. Just like that? Just like that. That's and all it's Good thing is for me is that my mom is a fourth generation vegetarian mm -hmm. coming from a very strict Fijian Indian family. Mm -hmm. So she understood. She goes, yeah, that's fine, son. You know, we'll make, um, you can eat what I eat. And then when I was... 29 or 30, I joined an organization called Vegetarian Victoria and I okay. started volunteering for them. And you know what, Chris? 
I thought I was on a good diet because I'm vegetarian, right? I was a lactose vegetarian, so no eggs, just milk and yeah. fruits and veggies. And vegetarian Victoria opened my eyes to the cruelty to animals aspect in the dairy industry. You know, what happens to baby calves when they're born, they're taken away from their mothers. And, you know, when a cow gives birth three, three times or more, I mean, she's slaughtered for meat. And I thought to myself, you know what? Being vegetarian is not good enough. If I am to live a compassionate life, yeah. I have to go vegan. And just like that, I did it. I respect that, man. It, it is a tricky topic because it is. I feel as if a lot of people ultimately want to minimize the amount of harm that they do. And that's what it's all about. I mean, whether or not you're a vegetarian or, or, a, vegan. or a vegan or you're, you're, you're a hippie or a greenie and you're, you're careful about the things that you buy, ultimately it's about minimizing the, the negative impact you have on the world. And I think a lot of people make the argument that regardless of what you do, look, you're still, you're still contributing in a negative way. But to me, if I know that I can live my life um, and have all the health all that I think is is necessary to, to thrive and and uh, and do so without harming any other sentient beings, why not do so? I mean, if I think if you asked anyone if they could live their life like that and they could still enjoy you know all the richness of foods and experience a lot of health without harming anyone, they'd say yes. Of course. But I think in reality, people are still convinced that what they're doing is, at the end of the day, it's not that bad. And I just feel as if, I look, I don't want to turn this into a podcast where I, <laughs> people listen to this and they, they're like, they feel like shit. But I feel it is, it is incumbent upon you as a, as a conscious being. Not that I, all I'm saying is if you care about people, care about sentient beings, to try to make a difference. Like, like Martin Luther King, one, one thing he said that, is ever, that has remained ever vigilant in my mind that kind of made me being more active about, well, activism, you know? emphasis on the act of actually doing things is that um, once you become silent about the things that matter, that's the day that you die. I mean, yeah. I, I paraphrase, but I think it's important to, rather than just going about and look, just being immersed in the entertainment industry, which is what, that is my number one goal. Yes. That's what I've been striving for the, for the last 20 years. You know, yes. I think you cannot live your life striving to do something that is important. And it doesn't have to be with this particular issue but it needs to be something and exactly uh, for whatever it, it might be for anyone i think it's important for you to, to fight for what you believe in and look i'm talking too much but i'm just no. trying to say i can understand why you feel so strongly about this particular issue it's true Krish. i mean the way i see it is the day you decide to stick to your values and your morals and your ethic or the day you announce to the world that this is what you want to do People will line up to prove you wrong. People will line up and say, don't do this. Mm. When we last met the World Vegan Day, I gave a speech that day, right? I was one of the speakers. I wish I'd seen it. Uh, I'm pretty sure they got it's it in on, video. Be, and be sure to send us a link, man. I'll yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, my the, the speech uh, title was, the speech title for my speech was um, spreading the V word, how to spread veganism, right? Okay. And I said this in my speech. I said, how many of you in the audience, the day you became vegan, all of a sudden, every single person around you got a PhD in nutrition. They mm. all lined up to tell you, no, you can't do this, where you get your protein from, calcium, B12, folate, iron, zinc, you know, you're going to miss out on all these things. So mm. getting back to your point, if you believe in something, you've got to stand up for it. Absolutely. Otherwise, you'll, you'll just be living on your knees. And I also read a quote by, I'm not sure who it was by, it said, I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees. So, mm. you know, so that's where my values and my ethics come in. And I tell myself all the time, I know I'm making enemies every single day by standing up for what I believe in. Yeah. That's the way I choose to live. Well, uh, to, to mention another quote, man, like uh, a person that does, does, not, does not have any critics, I think this is by Malcolm X, yes. will have no success in life. I exactly. think you can measure your level of success by how many 
people you have against what you're doing. Yep. And one thing I respect massively about you is obviously you you're you're standing for what you believe in, but you're such an incredibly friendly, open person. <laughs> and I know a lot of vegans get this reputation of like uh, being constantly like being these Bible bashers that are hitting you there. <laughs> but you seem you seem to do do it in a very um, admirable way. I mean, have you found uh, it's have you found the the difficulty in trying to get the message across without tr being one of these annoying people like uh is it something that you found difficult to begin with did you become like a really annoying bible basher you know what the, the thing about me is chris by nature i'm not i'm the type of person who respects everyone right so if somebody comes and tells me where to go i'll say look i respect your opinion see you later you know i don't like arguing with people i don't like making enemies right mm -hmm. and here's the thing with my activist work veganism anti-bullying work racism work, Aboriginal activism, all those things. My goal is to lead by example. My goal is to, to show everyone how it can be done in a productive way, way where both parties walk away feeling enlightened. They've learned. And I've had some, not arguments, spirited debates with duck shooters. You know, like these that. people, they live in the country, they love shooting animals, and they see a city folk, you know, six foot one, dark skinned, who's talking about not hunting. And you know what, Chris? I always respect the opinion. I know some vegans will hate me for saying this. I respect the opinion. They feel that they gotta go out there, shoot many ducks, eat mm -hmm. them, cull them for you know for the farmers who are doing rice farming and all that. I always respect the opinion. And I've had chats with duck shooters who've walked away saying, "Today you didn't make me feel this big. Today you don't make me feel small. Today you made me enlightened yeah. by sharing your point of view." So that's my whole point of this, Chris. I mean, like you said, I do annoy people sometimes. Even in the vegan community, some people don't like me. Yeah. And I'm at peace with that because as long as I keep doing what I feel is the right thing to do, I'm at peace with everything. That's awesome, man. I know you're a motivational speaker and you're all into life coaching and personal yes. development. And I, I hear your attitude towards persuading people. And I have a feeling these are certain uh, things that you've learned through this this kind of lifestyle this approach towards um what you do exactly it, how did you get into personal development and how i'm sure that's played some role in it uh, has in it has it has it has, your, your activism, it, has. Yeah? it has i went to england for a year i used to work for an english company and my friend my colleague and i flew over and another colleague joined us later and she had a friend in america who came to join us and as it happens this american girl moved to melbourne a year later so we caught up for dinner on um, Southgate and as I was leaving she said in a very strong American accent Ron if I give you a CD will you listen to it and I thought maybe it's a meditation CD because she was into this whole new age thing you know okay. and it was a summer's night I think it was late February early March it was warm night so I went home I put the CD on I thought it's a it's a meditation CD so I'm gonna put it on go to sleep you know and the CD was called Attitude by Bob Proctor, who is one of my, who is my single biggest influence in personal development. Mm -hmm. You know what, Chris? I didn't sleep that night. I listened to the CD six times that night. Wow. Six times in one night. And it goes for about 47 minutes or something. Okay. And next morning, I called this girl, Kim, and I said, Kim, that CD changed my life. She goes, look, do more research on Bob Proctor. Get into it. So I've read all his books. I've got pretty much all his materials. And from Bob Proctor, I started going to other personal development experts, Tony Robbins, Dr. John Martini, Jack Canfield, Mark Victor Hansen, all these guys. And then a friend of mine, present company, she said to me in 2008, she said, look, you're good at this stuff. Why don't you start doing this as a career? So in 2009, the global financial crisis hit. I lost my job in the financial services sector, did a third four in life coaching, and I started doing speaking, motivational speaking, one-on-one -on -one coaching, group mentoring, youth mentoring. I hooked up with a very, very respected Aboriginal elder who was like my father. He mm. passed away, unfortunately, in Sorry, December yeah. 2012, but he's still with me in spirit. 
and we started doing Aboriginal mentorship, you know, taking all these young brothers away on a bush camp. He'd do the spiritual side of things. I'd do the motivational side of things. And you know what, Chris? It was amazing taking 17, 18, 19-year-old Aboriginal boys from the justice system mm. away on a four-day bush camp, seeing them turn their lives around when they came out. It was just mind-blowing stuff. And that's when I learned to build rapport with someone, the biggest thing you need is empathy. You've got to put yourself in their shoes because some of the blokes that I spoke to and my friend Siba, she's a counsellor and we speak about this all the time, that some of the young people I work with, they get sent to a counsellor, psychologist, you know, therapist, and they don't see where these boys are coming from. And yeah. I put myself in their shoes. I always try to connect with them at their level. Mm-hmm. And then they go and tell the Koori court officer, oh, you know, I want Ron. I don't want my psychologist or my counsellor. I want to see Ron. And the Koori court officers always ask me, what is it about you that the boys love you so much? And I tell them all the time, I have empathy for them. I put myself in their shoes. I see where they're coming from. And that's it. Respect, man. Respect. I mean, I I have no doubt it is much harder to show empathy than it is to get really angry and pissed off and call someone names. It is. Look, I struggle with it as well. I mean, the the common argument I have with a a lot of hippies, even, uh, (laughs) anyone that is very, very attached to their viewpoint, Yes. is that there is basically there is no there's look regardless of what the the issue is yes. like I find that if someone is saying something that is definitively wrong like the idea of me saying that look I respect your opinion and it's neither right and it's neither wrong is difficult for me to do when I know that their opinion is wrong but I think the attitude you adopt when you say that look um look I I think the idea is you don't rather than making someone wrong at least uh making them sound as if their opinion is wrong you you try to see things from their perspective and exactly once you do that they become open to what's trying to see it from your perspective as opposed to saying you're a freaking idiot what are you talking about and i think the fact i have a feeling that you tend to do that you know you like a lot of people say that you hate a lot of people in the vegan vegan community apparently say that they hate the fact that you say you respect their opinions and all that kind of stuff they do but ultimately i'm guessing it's you trying to see it from their perspective and not necessarily agreeing no but being put in a place where you can um you can gain a better insight and then try to bring them into your way exactly Chris. exactly and i was listening to a radio interview about building bridges there's a gentleman in america he he was sent to Chicago's biggest gay community, it's America's biggest gay community, and he was mm-hmm. a Christian, right? So he went up there, his name is just slipped out of my mind, and he went up there to build bridges between Christians and the gay community. And as you can imagine, that, that's a tough ask, you know, that is a that's very a tough very ask. tough ask. Yeah. And he was talking about empathy, and he said to the Christian people, you've got to understand where the gay people are coming from and vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. And that's my approach on things like, in the vegan community, some people say, oh, Ron, you know, sometimes you have friendly chats with people who eat meat, who are duck shooters, who own dairy farms, who work at slaughterhouses. How could that be? You know, you're not being congruent to yourself. And I tell them all the time, that is only one part of that human being. That's not a holistic definition like me, being a vegan, right? That's not, mm. my, that's not my everything. Absolutely. That's only a part of my life. So if I judge somebody based on one small part of their life, Krish, who am I to judge them? I completely subscribe to what you're saying there. Like, I... I try to avoid defining myself as anything. Yeah. I, I always go to all these people's pages and the, all the vegans, the first thing they do is they say that I'm a vegan. You know? and <laughs> I, first of all, I don't even say that I'm black. I don't even say that I'm male. I don't say I'm a vegan. Like, I want people to, at, as a musician, I want people to appreciate what I do. Exactly. You know, as, rather than saying like a, a vegan musician or yeah. a black musician, yeah, yeah, I, I try to, I want people to, like, transcend those definitions and get past that label. And exactly. It's, 
I think we're so much more than these definitions, these labels that we put on us. And I, I try to, as much as I can, uh, try to separate myself from all of these ideologies that um, people tend to label you as. They do. Try to be just an expression of you. you exactly. Know? And you, you, you don't have any label for it because no. there is no label for it. There's only no. one you, right? Exactly right, Chris. And that's in those certain labels that we talk about, in my opinion, they divide people. They don't bring them together. Absolutely. And, and I found this with my Aboriginal work, you know, like mm -hmm. you look at the Aboriginal people, they've got about 40,000 years of torment and torture and mm -hmm. they were taken away from their land. And I keep telling some of my, the boys I work with that this whole black versus white mentality is not productive. It is not productive. This whole mm -hmm. black versus white mentality. And one of the Koori court officers, she's white and she said to me, the reason why you connect so well with these young Aboriginal boys is because you're black. And I said, no, I could have been white. It's empathy. It's got nothing to do with race or color. Mm -hmm. And I had to explain to her, I said, look, if you keep talking like this, you're a Koori court officer, you're dealing with Aboriginal people in the justice system, you can't talk like that. You can't say to me, I connect with them because I'm black. No, it's got nothing to do with color or ethnicity. It's all about seeing the person. And like you said, when you see the person, it transcends above everything else. Yeah. Let's be real here. It's, it's funny talking to you, though, like uh, you're, you're Fijian and you do kind of have this. I can understand why the aboriginals. I mean, besides the fact that you're so easy to uh, <laughs> uh, to get along with and you're you have so much empathy, but you do look like uh, you have some aboriginal um, background. I, do, and I get it all would, the time. I get it would identify all you as, a, as an aboriginal. I can understand why it becomes easier for them to uh, to, want to, to connect with yeah. me. Yeah, I get that all the time. Like every time I go to an aboriginal camp or a meeting you know the question they ask me so bros which mob you from you know which mm. and my my aboriginal elder he's adopted me into his mob which is a gurang gurang nation up in um northern queensland okay so spiritually i am from that mob having said that i don't have any genetics to prove that i'm aboriginal so when you say spiritually i mean what do you mean like because you've been you've been brought into the yes i was initiated into his oh you've been initiated into his clan and he's given me a spirit totem and wow, man. he's with me spiritually so you, you got to get into that first because one of the things <laughs> I, I, uh, i'm kind of like a little torn because i want to go into this kind of hippie vibe but i know a lot of people that may listen to this aren't really initiated into the hippie ways <laughs> But uh, bro, when you're speaking about totems and spirituality and stuff like that, and I'm very curious what, what the initiation rites are, because the Aboriginals have got some very deep oh, uh, ancestry do. and dream um, culture and all that they kind do. of stuff. They do. It's, so it's, deep. it's deep, Grish, it's deep. The first Aboriginal bush camp I did was my elder's wife. Her brother is an elder in Ichuka, and that's called the Yota Yota Nation. Mm -hmm. We did a bush camp there in 2000, March 2010. And, um, you know, I spoke to him really well. My elder introduced me to him this is brother-in-law and we started talking and he did not realize that i'm not aboriginal and he took me to this cemetery where they've done where they've buried bones of aboriginal people from england because um you might remember i think about six seven years ago they brought some bones they brought some bones back from a museum in england back to australia mm -hmm. and some bones were buried there and i was the first non-aboriginal person to go to that burial site right and when i told the elder there that i'm not aboriginal when he found out initially he was a bit shocked and he goes, oh, you know, oh, really? I thought you were indigenous. And then he said, well, you're the first non-Aboriginal to have been there. And then he said, wow. you know what, son? You are an honorary Yota Yota son. So consider yourself a Yota Yota man. And kid you not, Krish, every time I go to that country, every time I go there, I get a sign. Might be a bird flying over. I might see an mm -hmm. Aboriginal flag. I might see an Aboriginal person. But that country, you know, like he's made me 
an honorary son of that land and every time i go there i've got the spiritual connection that's awesome man so you kind of snuck in there you know not not maliciously <laughs> or anything like that but just by the way that you are and the way that you look you know it's funny cuz cuz what i get out of this i mean um i think this is a this is pretty profound like just the the way that you were able to get in there like one thing i've gathered is that when people feel a connection towards you yes. they open up to you they do and obviously you're doing that through empathy and let's be real over here you're doing that for the fact that you kind of look like them so <laughs> what, what i get there is if you can I mean this is why I understand the perspective of trying to see from someone else's perspective yes. because once people gave me the idea that you're kind of like them yes. you see from their perspective and they yeah, you, exactly. you even like I'll go further you adopt the same kind of mannerisms that they do like yes. I know in a lot of psychology yes. when you um imitate the same kind of body language yes. or you slow you 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 change your voice to, you match, to match mirror. theirs yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. people feel more at ease with they you do. and I think they the do. more that you we become connected to people they do. the more they open up to us They and do. the more they'll be open to uh, to listening to our perspectives cuz let's face it if a if a christian was was in an argument with a gay person right someone they considered to be very different from their way of thinking i would imagine yeah. i should i should really preface this just saying <laughs> the, the the generalization is that if they saw them as being someone that was a complete heathen completely away from their um way of thinking yes. then the general attitude would be look i'm not even going to listen to you because you don't know what you're talking about but no. as soon as they real as soon as you say oh well actually i'm a christian oh they open up to you as soon as you tell them that well actually you know i'm I don't know. I've been straight for most of my life. They're like, "Oh, okay." They'll open but as soon as people feel more of a connection towards you, then they become open towards seeing it from your perspective. Exactly. And I think the trick is getting the door in there. Trying to like I try to go under the radar, which fails miserably because I'm <laughs> I'm not a normal person as you know. I have a big mouth, I'm eccentric. I'm into a crazy amount of like conspiracies. I'm the most non-normal mainstream person that I that I that can be. And the funny thing is, I'm trying to do one of these uh I'm I'm trying to be in the pop culture world where yes. I'm trying to be normal. I'm going on these reality TV shows trying to be all pop culture when <laughs> I'm as far removed from pop culture as possible, you know, like uh I've been fitted. I I do the whole yo man what's up, yo yeah yeah, yeah. and all that kind of black stuff that ultimately man, I'm I'm a hippie in a, in a sense. You I, are. Yeah. Um I think one thing I really admire about people that are able to express themselves um honestly, well, the fact that they do that is it takes so much courage and it does. I feel as if when people do that other people want to start ad adopting that attitude because the coolest thing man is when you're being like yourself when you're not when you're just coming from your heart it's not so much um the fact that you were trying to achieve anything you're just oh. it's just what lies within yourself you know it it's where it's coming from and it's coming from you it is it is christian i'll make a point over there that you know sometimes people try too hard to fit in and that's when you lose your sense of authenticity you're not authentic yeah, enough sorry. when you try and fit in like we went to Fiji about 2 weeks or 3 2 or 3 weeks ago mm -hmm. and i can really keeps on saying we because we do have us <laughs> another beautiful lady <laughs> that we're in the company of but she's a little shy and uh, <laughs> she might come on the next podcast we do are you doing sir <laughs> yeah she should she's got a wealth of knowledge she's she's a counselor therapist she's worked a lot with the uh, youth and she's a dance therapy teacher so chris oh, you should bring her on all right man crazy we can uh, we can show off our dance moves and stuff like that <laughs> on the podcast once I get the video running but um i digress yeah we're just talking about being the most authentic version of yourself yes that, that's right yeah so you got to be authentic and when siba her sister my best friend anthony and i we went to fiji to about 2 weeks ago mm -hmm. you know i left fiji when i was a little kid i was in primary school and i can barely speak the language so i'm struggling but i went there and every local i saw i initiated the conversation in the local language i tried my best to be you know authentic 
instead of acting like some Westerner who's from overseas and who's, you know, too good for the locals there. It's a third world country, you know, Krish. Mm. So that's the whole point. If you go somewhere and you act authentic, people will like you no matter where you go. And like you said at the beginning of the podcast, the world is your home. Absolutely. And uh, I think that is the greatest attitude to have, mm. man. Like, mm. I, I, I find myself constantly kind of battling that urge to want to fit in because obviously you want to, I mean, coming from uh, an industry that is all about um, popularity, was all about, um, yeah, trying to be cool and all that kind of stuff. You, I feel as people try to uh, adopt what is cool. And it is. it's kind of hard to do that when you feel as if your, your natural... Uh, um, yourself is not necessarily what people want to see you know but exactly sometimes i feel as if the most um powerful thing that you can be is is yourself because as they always say you know i mean it's the i mean why be a second-rate version of someone else when you can be a first-rate version of yourself you know of you and chris i was watching one of your podcasts with that yoga teacher the lady who got sick in oh, yeah, india melissa, melissa yeah. yeah and i Beautiful absolutely girl. loved the way you said that you come from a performing background right mm -hmm. and you know what chris i'm a professional speaker i take part in public speaking contests you know mm -hmm. and this performance let's face it that is performance you get up and talk in front of hundreds of people as a speaker that is performing sometimes you know you gotta Absolutely. give them what they want to hear and every time people come and evaluate me or they come and hire me for a gig they say ron the thing about you is that you are yourself you know you although you're a performer you get up there you don't try to be somebody else you don't try to be someone that the audience will like you go there and you be yourself and that just builds an instant connection and instant rapport even if there's five people in the audience or 1000 people in the audience they build instant connection because they think that i'm authentic so absolutely great quote that's something you know, to really take on board because uh, I, I think a lot of with with entertainment it's it's different in the sense that there are two objectives i yeah. mean one is to entertain yes and like as you know when i when i'm when I'm on stage, I'm trying to be as, number one, I'm trying to be as entertaining as I can yes. be. And if it means adopting like a really cool voice like, yo, yo, what's up, my brothers and sisters in the house right now? <laughs> you know? <laughs> or, uh, you know, or, or doing certain movements that aren't in line with the way that I would behave. Like, for instance, when you have good posture, when there's a certain way to move on stage that looks good. And it may not be your natural way of being, but yeah. it definitely adds an entertainment dimension. And exactly. I think... Um, it's still important to be entertaining, but it is. it is just as important to be as authentic as you can. Exactly. I feel it's like most things in life. There is this balance, balance. Where, where you're trying to find the right point where exactly. you're not being so authentic that you stop being you, you stop taking on the right attitudes to be entertaining. Exactly. And you don't be so entertaining that you end up being fake. You know, exactly. It's like the, Everything I find in life, man, it comes down to one of my favorite speakers, uh, Elliot Hulse, yep. like yourself, he's a motivational speaker yep. into fitness, and he talks about um, tender aggressive, wow. or another word for that is the warrior poet, wow. or the uh, the alpha, which wow. by the way, a lot of people hear, you know, alpha male, all that kind of stuff, and it's basically in in the science, I mean, mm. you have theta, which yep. is basically the state where you've just woken up and yes. you're very laxy. Yep. Um, you know, it's a very kind of, if you have a look at the wave, it goes, yeah, yeah. I wish I could show you guys, but it's very long. It, ha yeah. it, it's, it looks as if it's not as intense. It's like, yep. yep. me sounding like, yeah, man, what's up? You. Yep. That's, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's theta. theta. Then you have beta, which is yep. more upbeat, like, oh, wait, oh, what's up? This is me, this is me yeah. normally, you know? Yep, yep, yep. Like crazy and hyperactive. Yep. And alpha is alpha. in between. Yes. Like, it's the whole idea of finding the, the synthesis, the alchemical wedding. Exactly. And, that applies with so many aspects of life, trying to find that point. Because it's so easy for someone to make the exact opposite argument as opposed to how the most important thing is to be entertaining or the yep. most important thing is to be authentic. Mm. But it's about trying to find that balance. Exactly. And I find in life it's all about 
um, trying to find a synthesis between the extremes. Agree. And riding that wave, man. Agree. Totally agree with that. Totally agree. I love the way you said that. Thanks, between bro. the between the extremes, I totally love that because even even in our work, Chris, you look at us as vegans and animal activists, right? Mm -hmm. There's extremes, right? There's yeah. extremes. There's people out there who don't tell the world they're vegan, and there's people out there who wear the vegan sleeve 24 hours a day. They, yeah, they, they never take the vegan hat off, right? That's they're true, and they're still doing terrible things, you know, and they, the harm that they cause, you know. <laughs> like I, I I didn't want to dwell too much on this thing. I, I, ultimately, I don't want to separate people as important as it is yes. to talk about. Yes. But look. I, I want to let you speak, you know, yes. but I just, I, I feel as if it's so important to get across that regardless of what you are, I mean, or what you're doing, there is still, you're still going to be causing some level of harm. And of yes, course. I spoke about minimizing it, of course. but ultimately it's about doing what you can and minimize it. And regardless of what title you want to use, yeah. ultimately be a, a beacon for good in this world. Exactly. And fair enough, um, you may disagree with the, yep. the vegan eth ethic, but it's still important for you incumbent Agree. upon you to, to go out there and make a change for the positive Agree. and uh, that's I think is the most important thing and that's what I do Krish like I've held a few workshops for vegans and animal activists on empowerment right and I've mm -hmm. given God knows how many speeches in Melbourne Sydney Brisbane at vegan or animal rights events and I keep telling them all the time you know it's upon you to empower yourself because it's very easy to go on a downward spiral when you mm -hmm. see a video of animal cruelty you know the live export thing for example you know you see all that and people start crying and they yeah. start hating the world and they start projecting this negativity and yeah. I tell them all the time instead of being negative empower yourself and ask what can I do about this yeah. What can I do to make a positive difference? Can I write a letter? Can I do a demo? Can I tell my friends about this? What is it that I can do? So like Tony Robbins says all the time, you got to ask questions, power of questions. Instead of making negative statements, start asking yourself empowering questions. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, bruh. I, I, I want to talk more about this motivational speaking yes. of yours because uh, uh, you, I, I was just checking on your page, man. It's like you're doing you're doing this full time now. It's funny because just <laughs> a few years back, when you had this financial crisis, it, it it seemed as if that was the well, it was like the the down spiral of your career. But yes. it, it shows how sometimes a tragedy can be a blessing in disguise. It can. And I, I guess you're thriving in this thing now. Like you just did a whole bunch of of a uh, uh, public speaking gigs around. Uh, was it bullying? Yeah, about bullying yes. around Australia, right? Oh, uh, South Australia South and the uh, Victorian border, yes. Yeah, so tell yeah. us about that. I mean, are you generally doing this at at school venues? Is this for businesses as well? Yes, my best friend and I, we were both bullied at high school and mm -hmm. we formed an initiative called Beat Bullying with Confidence about a year and a half ago and we've just released an app for smartphones, so Apple cool. and Android, so go to your app store on uh, Apple and your Play Store on, and on Android and do a search for Beat Bullying with Confidence. It's a free app. We've spent a lot of time and money on this. We're giving this app away. So now awesome. our goal is to go and talk at schools and empower kids on how to beat bullying. And once again, Krish, this is what separates us from all the other anti-bullying programs or people out there because we focus on empowerment. That's our number one focus, you know. That is it. We don't go out there and go to kids, oh, you know, you got to feel sorry for yourself. No, we talk about empowerment. And because people are getting to know who we are now, you know, we get phone calls from parents late at night saying, my child's being bullied, he or she doesn't want to go to school tomorrow. So we give them some sort of strategies, practical stuff, report the bullying, stick to your friends, uh, keep a log of what's happening. And then we tell them, we want your child to be focusing on empowerment because empowerment comes from within. And we give them two very simple exercises to do for a month, 30 days straight. We ask them to look in the mirror every morning, doesn't matter how young or old the child is, and say three things. Thank you, 
I support you. I believe in you. Just three things. Every morning you say that. And every night before you go to bed, we ask them to bring out pen and paper and make a list of every single thing they like about their lives. Make a list of your skills, your talents, your abilities. What are you good at? You do that for 30 days straight, I guarantee you'll start looking at your life in a different angle. So that's the anti-bullying stuff. We love doing this because we love empowering people. And we don't just go there and talk about bullying, what it is, what it can do, the statistics on bullying. Because to a person who's being bullied, that doesn't matter. Mm. They don't care what the stats are because they know they are part of the, st- of the statistic. So they want to know what we can offer to them they can walk away with and start applying in their everyday life to make a difference. So that's where my motivational speaking skills comes in. That's awesome. And that, that approach you're talking about... Uh it's 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 powerful. It I is. mean, I, I first heard that by Zig Ziglar. Yes, like he's a, very big on that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. The whole uh, first time I, I heard, I got to be honest, I was like, "What the frack, man?" You know, like uh, the idea. I mean, it's it's powerful in the fact that it's getting you to focus on the positive. Exactly. You know? and that's, that's exactly. I think everything. A lot of things in life are just focus. Where you want to focus. There are a thousand things happening to you yes. at any given time, and yes. where you put your energy on, that's going to be what generally manifests. You know, and. Uh, I think it is a powerful thing to do. The only difficulty I have is that this is a, this is something I find a lot yes. of hippies tend to do. Like yep. they they have this attitude where there is nothing that is going. There's nothing bad going on. Everything is lovely the way it is. And I always have a look at history. I have a look at all of the things that have happened and. The people that were able to make changes, first of all, had to identify exactly what was wrong in the world. Exactly. And they got angry, you know, be it Martin Luther King about, you know, segregation laws or Gandhi about the whole situation in India. Or Mandela. I mean, they, yeah, yeah. They, they, to, a, to an extent, they make an issue as, as to the wrong in the world. And yes. obviously, they're, they have much to be happy about. Yes. But yes. it's ultimately about focusing on or at least identifying what is wrong with the world so that you can make a change in exactly. it as opposed to putting on the blinders and saying no. that there is nothing going on. No. And once again, it's a tricky one, isn't it? It's a very tricky one, Krish. And um, I believe in the law of polarity. You know, everything has got an equal opposite, you know, negative or positive. So okay. if people start focusing too much on the negative, they miss out on the positive. And if people start focusing too much on the positive, they ignore the negatives and they mm-hmm. don't realize that they can do something to do it, to change the situation. It becomes almost, it's almost like, a, you know, blind optimism, you know, willful ignorance that you yeah. go, look, nothing's going on out of sight out of mind and that's what a lot of people talk about when i talk to them about Mm -hmm. veganism and animal rights you know i don't see the animals screaming in the slaughterhouse so it doesn't make a difference to me yeah that's exact that's exactly where it's coming from man i I hear so many people you know no everything's fine man you know i don't want to hear about this kind of stuff and the the way that you make change is by becoming aware of the problem yes and it takes i feel as if we have this system that we have our bodies, like we even some of the emotions that you think are very negative, like any anger, it's there for a reason. I mean, yeah. we're supposed to feel righteous indignation when of we course. see something that is horrible that is taking place. I mean, if we said there were a bunch of kids that were being murdered on a daily basis, you know, for, for what knows reason, and your response was, you know, oh, I don't want to focus on that, people would call you freaking insane. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I agree. It, it's important to get outrage so that you can do something about it. And I, I feel as if there needs to be a healthy level of, uh, well, I, I don't know how to put it, but getting incited enough to the point where you're willing to make a difference. I mean, exactly. if you didn't need to get angry in order to make a change, that's all good and well. But yeah, the fact good, that good. most people don't really seem to make big change. I mean, I think people can either be motivated by, um, I, I heard this a while ago, that you're, you're either a, a horse or a dog. Like, in the sense that you are the kind of person that you, you chase after something. 
or you're the kind of person that needs to be chased by something. Wow. And unless, of course, you're the kind of person that obviously, you know, you're so driven, you can be in the Zen state where you're like, look, I want to make a change. I'm not going to get angry, but I need to do everything I can. And yep. fair enough. But some people, they they need to get angry. They need to realize that there of is course. impending danger of course. in order for them to make a, a change of in course. the world. Of course. And I think that, uh, that's ultimately... Uh, yeah, where it's at. Of course. And you know what, Krish, like in Western society, we are subjected to so much negativity every single day, every single day, right? And the young lady who's sitting here, Siba and I, we're having this conversation last week. It's sometimes normal to feel angry. Mm-hmm. It's an emotion that you've got to validate instead of suppress and, you know, ignore. Sometimes it's normal to feel angry. And I'm at peace with that. You know, mm-hmm. I get angry about a few issues here and there in my life or issues out there. And I tell people all the time, especially when I'm doing life coaching, especially with the young Aboriginal kids, uh, you know, they talk about their past and brings up anger. I'm like, you know what? Validate those issues. Don't fight them because what you resist will persist. What you mm-hmm. accept will empower, right? Yeah. So I keep telling them all the time, it's normal to feel angry about certain issues. It's how you deal with that anger that shapes you as a person and that'll shape the connections you have with people around you. That's powerful, man. I can see why you're so popular in those communities. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, one, one thing I love about you is uh, it's well, it's so easy to talk to you, brother. And you're Thank so, you. you're so like you're the most uh, gratitude <laughs> person I've ever met, if that's even a word. Like I see in your page, you know, in every message, you know, thank you so much from life, bro. It's cool. No, it's thank you so much for that. Like it's, that's that's part of your uh, is that a personal development thing as it well? Is, it yeah. is. I'm very big on gratitude, and I wrote yeah. one whole chapter in my book on gratitude. Oh, you, that's right. You're an author. Yes. Wait, I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that. We're talking about it. You have a you have a book on gratitude. I uh, know it's personal development, right? Pers- all right. Yeah, mostly on empowerment and self image. But I I dedicated one whole chapter on gratitude because every single day I make a gratitude list. I write down every morning after I do my meditation. I make a list of ten things that I'm grateful for every single day, Krish. That's a tough one for me, man. I'll, I'll, I can be grat- I can show a lot of gratitude, but then at times I'm just pissed off. I'm like, freaking hate people, man. I freaking hate the world. <laughs> freaking game won't work. <laughs> Don't hate the player. I hate the game. Just joking. Yeah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> just, uh, just joking. No, but you know what, Chris? It's a very empowering exercise, you know. Mm-hmm. To, and I'm not talking about this superficial sugar coating gratitude. Oh, you know, I'm happy because I'm this or that. I'm talking about a deep sense of thankfulness you know what are you thankful for today you know and I, I've done this in my personal development workshops or when I've given motivational speeches and ev- the average audience member sits there and goes huh you know what and I can see them thinking I can feel them thinking there are things in my life that I am grateful for and everyone's got them Krish once again law of polarity Everyone's got things in their life which are missing. Everyone's got things in their life which they're grateful for. Whichever one you focus on, you'll get the most. Absolutely. You'll get so, the most. So with your book, um, so this is a book on personal development. Yes. What's it called? It's called Welcome to Your Life, Simple Insights for Your Empowerment and Inspiration. Okay, so this is for, is this for academics or is this for kids? Is this for... It's for anyone who wants to improve their life. And uh, I've put my book through a charity where 50% of royalties are going to Edgar's Mission Animal Sanctuary. And even after I'm gone, the charity, it operates in a way that royalties will still keep going to Edgar's Mission. So it was all about leaving behind a legacy uh, towards a charity that I care for. Sweet. Well, be sure to put the link on the page. Thanks, is this brother. on iTunes? Is this uh, or is, is this on Amazon? Amazon Kindle. Yes. Awesome, man. Yep. I'm, I'm a big. I'm big on the electronic books and all that kind yes. of stuff. Is it? Is it in audio by any chance? Not yet. You got to get onto that. Song. Yes. Got to get onto it. I'm. I'm. A, I'm a big fan of um, audio at the moment. Yes. And it's like where I. I. I don't actually read as such. I mean, I read ebooks every yes. once in a while, but it's all about. 
I listen to a lot of podcasts. Good. And, um, yeah, look, ultimately, you want to get it there on as wow. many mediums as you can. But yes, I, I would love to, I'd love to check it out, man. Thanks, brother. Thank so, you. So, uh, once again, the name of that book was... Welcome to Your Life, Simple Insights for Your Empowerment and Inspiration by Ronnie Prasad. That's freaking awesome, man. I think that's something that any musician, any person that is trying to uh, to obviously uh, succeed in life, you know, yeah. not just on a business level, but yeah, yeah. within can benefit from, man. Because, uh, I mean, ultimately, I don't disconnect my my time with uh, with music and, and, and becoming the best performer that I can be from personal development. Yes. I think in order to be the best artist you can be, you need to grow as a person. Of course. And the, the better that you become as a person, the, the, the better, the more that shows in your music. I feel as if a lot of times music is an expression of what lies within yourself. Exactly. And obviously the discipline that comes through, like mm -hmm. that shows in your music, but that yes. shows because you develop these qualities through personal development where you have become dis disciplined and you can apply that in your music, if that makes any sense. Exactly right. I think it was Jim Ron who was uh, Tony Robbins' mentor. He said, when you become successful, don't focus on the success you get at the end. Focus on the person you become on that journey. And you know what, Chris, you made a very good point that if you're not satisfied on the inside, any amount of material success won't make a difference. Because when I was in my financial planning business you know i was in my mid to late 20s earning good money life was good but then i read a quote from tony robbins which said success without fulfillment is failure and i had no fulfillment Absolutely. which i have lots right now so mm. yeah man there's a lot of work to be done out there <laughs> damn straight man it, it, I, one thing i found um i mean regardless of how little or much success you have in anything unless of course you were you were happy with what you're putting out there. Like I find there are some gigs where you know some people really like it. I mean, let's be honest, it's freaking awesome when people like your your music. But unless of course you're really happy like within with the yep. uh, with 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 what you're doing there, exactly like with your performance and yep. like you feel this sense of fulfillment, you yep. know. And it, it comes to like I I've obviously just come from this reality TV show yep. at the moment, and uh, I kind of feel as if uh, of course it's been the most amazing experience, but I can imagine. Uh, it, it I just feel as if it's. Um, there's still so much um, like of a need and want to uh, to actually do so much more. Yeah. And I think all striving artists, all striving um, business people, always deal with this kind of stuff. Like regardless of how much success you receive, because you want so much more. Yeah. There's this sense of like discord within you, and like it is. it's. Um, I think it's ever present. I mean, I I don't shy away from the idea of wanting to achieve. Um, a lot of things, you know. Good. I think it's important, Good. and I don't think I think there's nothing in line about shrinking no. about your your ambitions in life. And I think it's very important for people to to want to actually have a change and impact yep. in the world. And Agreed. I feel that immensely, you know. And uh, I feel every year, I as a, as you get older, you know, you you realize just how fragile you are. The more that you want to do in your limited amount of time, and there's this exactly, it's it, it's difficult, you know, because you want to be content and happy, but you also want to work so hard that you can create as much as you can. And there's this uh, difficulty because in order to receive fulfillment sometimes, you kind of have to enjoy the exactly. place that you're at. Yeah, Exactly. And you know what, Chris? That's, that is spot on. You've nailed it on the head, my brother, because it's not about what you get. It's about what you do with what you get, right? Mm -hmm. I, I compete in public speaking contests and I think it was October. There was the second round of the World Championship of Public Speaking, which I won in six wow, rounds man. in total, right? Six rounds in total. That's incredible. I, I had no idea. There are actually competitions that people have in public speaking. Yeah, it's the World Championship of Public Speaking. 32,000 people from all so over the world complete. You should begin with this. What's all this you mean? You should, I should have introduced this as the, the number one world-rated champion of not public yet. speaking. Not yet. Not, not there yet. yet. Not there yet. Not yet. And the person who presented me with the trophy, she goes, look, Ron, what if you win the next four rounds and you win the world title? You know, What will it mean to you then? Okay. 
Okay. And I said to her, you know what? I do a lot of social justice courses. I do a lot of social justice work, animal rights, anti-bullying, veganism. I'm a volunteer speaker for the Starlight Children Foundation. I said, I want this title, the one that I hopefully will win, to have, to allow me to make a bigger impact on the work I do and in the world. Absolutely. And, and she said to me, so it won't be about, you know, earning millions of dollars a year from the public speaking gigs. I said, you know what, that'll be nice. Yeah. That'll, be a, that'll be a byproduct of the passion that I have yeah. for this. And you know what, Krish, I'll go back to another point. You're talking about, you know, being on stage performing and, you know, we, mm. both, we both go on stage, we do our stuff. Mm. I think it was the movie Mr. Saturday Night where Billy Crystal was a stand-up comedian mm. and at one part of the movie, he goes and gives a stand-up comedy gig and the whole crowd is laughing and his agent says, oh, you nailed it, you nailed it. And Billy Crystal looks sad. He's just very upset. And everyone's just hugging him, high-fiving him and the agent goes, look, we're going to get a big contract. You know, you've nailed it. Mm-hmm. And he points to a guy in the crowd. He goes, you know what? I didn't make him laugh tonight. <laughs> so you know what, Chris? You, me, both of us, when we go out there, we perform on stage, there will be people who won't resonate with what we do. Absolutely. They won't like that. You've got to get past all, that. Exactly. It's all about doing the best that we could with the best that we have at the time. That is uh, so well put, man. Because, look, the only way to fail is to try to please everyone. Exactly. I mean, as you know, like, yeah, exactly. I know there are a lot of people, let's be real, that are, are going to be immediately turned up by some of the topics that we speak about in yes, this podcast. Yes, agree. And there will be a lot of people that resonate with it. Yes. Or a lot of people that are happy that we've opened their eyes to a different yes. way of seeing the world. Agree. Agree. But you cannot go into the into the game trying to uh, no. please everyone because that's the only way to fail. And, like, I know you're prob- probably as you're sensitive like I am, man. I don't want to oh, see yeah. people... I hate that feeling when people are pissed off with me because I'm, oh, yeah. I'm bring bring up ideas that they yep. either don't want to um, don't want to entertain or yeah. yeah they just completely disagree. Um, but you can't focus on that, man. You no. kind of you just have to do what you believe is the right thing to do exactly, and follow your heart and keep going exactly. And you got to move on, like you know, I I don't like upsetting people intentionally or unintentionally. And mm-hmm. when someone does get upset by something I've said or done, I apologize. And if they don't accept the apology, you know what? I've done my bit. Life goes Absolutely. on. I've got Respect, bigger brother. things, bigger things to focus right on yeah. in my life. I wish I could have had my video working because when I do fist bumps, <laughs> thing in my video, like it's really awesome because there's a split screen. It's kind of like, oh, but uh, look. Uh, <laughs> I gotta get you back on here again, sure. man. We'll have all the video next time. But sure. thank you so much, Ron. This oh, you're welcome. Been, this has been a powerful, motivational, speaking, <laughs> and inspiring podcast. And I'm hoping that people will get at something out of this because I want to share this on my actual fan page. Thank you, and, brother. I appreciate uh, that. Thank I want to have, you know, I, I want to be just more than a musician. I want people to actually. You know, I, I want to be able to in, know that I'm impacting people in a positive way. You, know? you are, Chris. You um, are. I outside don't... of just uh, entertainment. Look, so, you know, uh, you know, when you came to World Vegan Day and I put a post on the World Vegan Day Facebook oh, page really, and I yeah, wrote, and sure. I wrote um, what did I write? I said, um, dancer, singer, and artist from The Voice. Chris Hull was here, right? And I thought to myself, you know what? That doesn't do justice to the person you are. You know, you, in my opinion, you are somebody who's on a mission to make the world a better place. So oh, I was, was kind of lost. I thought, how do I define this person? <laughs> how do I describe him? I mean, all the vegans were happy to see you. You know, you were right. there. Well, I have a highly pretentious yet really cool title because I, I heard <laughs> a variation of this one time. And I'm like, yeah. That's it. That's what I want to do. Uh, you ready? You ready for it? Yes, Wait for let's it. Go, let's Wait go. for it. Uh, look, you, you don't have to refer to me as this, but I would really like it if you. Now I'm joking. Purveyor of awesome vibes. Because <laughs> right. think, think about it. Whether it's music or motivational speaking or creating cinema, 
it's vibrations that it we're is. emitting out into the freaking interwebs, it right? Is. It is. Positive it is. energy, it you know? We're trying about. to change people's perceptions and reality through these vibrations through uh, that are emitted through sound or it the is. vibrations of, of light and all this kind of stuff. It and is. ultimately, as corny and ridiculous as it sounds, I mean, look, I don't want that to be my title, but I kind of <laughs> use it as a joke. I used to use it as a joke in my Facebook status because, I mean, ultimately, we're trying to, I mean, look, my main passion is singing and dancing, yes. but I want to be, uh, I, I want to be the kind of person where People just feel good, like uh, around me. You know what they I mean? They do, and uh, it, you, you can do that through so many different avenues. Motivational speaking, yeah, yeah. Music is a powerful platform, yep. of course, to to achieve that, and yep. that's what it's about, man. Like purveying those those vibes, you know, like influencing people in the right way. It is, and you know, like. I mean, like, I'm I'm sitting in a room with you and my friend Steve. You know, you both do this to me. You know, you both make me feel you good. Too, you, you both lift me up. And you know what? Like I said to you, Chris. Being on TV, right? You're still so humble, and that's what Anthony and I could not believe. You know, you're just well, that, a you're just a normal I'm, guy. I'm a pretty cocky guy, you know, twenty four seven. Constantly, I like to brag about all my shit and stuff. You know? um, but yeah, <laughs> but thanks, brother. You're welcome, um, Ron. I like to keep these things really short. Sure. And uh, look, it's been amazing. I think Thank this you. is perfect. I Thank think you. We've just gotten a little over an hour right now. Wow. Yeah. Um, but you were you were just full of ch chock full of information. Goodness man. me! Pun intended, brother. You chocolate, you. chocolate brother. Chocolate brother, yes. Yeah. With and the dark uh, skin from Fiji, I got a bit of a tan. I got even darker when I was in Fiji. Yeah. So you look Fijian, Italian, Ar Arabic. <laughs> you're like the international countryless man, which is perfect because that's what you're all about, right? You know what's funny, Chris? I went to I went to a local market in Fiji because whenever I go there, I go and buy organic fruits and veggies, right? Yeah. And the lady whom I buy from, she's a Fijian lady who's got polio, so she can't walk properly, and I always mm -hmm. give her more money. And she wasn't there, so I asked the neighboring vendor, I said, where's Rachel? And she said, oh, she'll be at 8 o'clock. So I got there at 10 o'clock, and Rachel said, oh, the lady told me that someone came, and I asked him, what did he look like? And she goes, oh, he looked like a mixed-race half-caste guy. <laughs> that's perfect. So man. the world is my oyster, that's, brother, that's international. What you, that's, what you, that's what you want to be. You're like the prototype for the international uh, personification <laughs> of, of the world, because ultimately, I watch the South Park movie, and everyone's going to end up in this beige character, because everyone's just going to intermingle, you know, like... And it's whereas true. it's like, like if you took everyone in this, actually, that's probably a weird thought. But the bottom line, <laughs> <laughs> like everyone is gonna. I think we have. That's what you want in the world. It know? is. It is. Sybil, we got to get you on this conversation next time. She will. Um, She'll be great. Yeah, it's very laid back. Um, totally copacetic. Brother, thank, thank you. you so much for coming down. It's been thank a pleasure. You, We're going to have you. your book up there, and I'm going to share this through my fan page and the, the Crucial Journey fan page. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for, uh, for well, for listening to us if you were still here. Um, be sure to, uh, you know, through word of mouth, um, get this. If you like what you hear, be sure to, uh, to share it out there. And it's all about getting the positive message out there. It is. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks, uh, peace out. Keep it real. Don't drive in text. And uh, stay positive. Stay powerful. I will let you end it off, my brother. What do you say at the end of your motivational uh, conferences? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris, I can't keep a straight face. Don't drive in text. <laughs> <laughs> Which I tend to do. <laughs> Which I have. On a, on, a, on a parting note, I just want to say thank you, Chris, so much for having me on, on the show. An honor is the distinct honor and a privilege. And to anyone who's listening out there, I'm not going to give you one of those corny, you know, motivational phrases that say, believe in yourself, do what you feel is right. <laughs> All i got to say is this. you got one chance at this life. You decide what defines your life. That's it. Absolutely. It's a powerful way to leave it, brother. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank Peace you, brother. Out. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's end it there. Let's fade in over here. Now you put water into a cup. It becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. Wow, wow, wow. I thought it would be like 20 minutes or something. Jeez.